Welcome, Sacramento soccer fans, to the State of the Republic podcast. I'm your host, Luis, and today we're going to be talking about what is probably one of the best uh, home league games that we've had this season and that Sharon got to witness. Unfortunately, Jared and I weren't there, but we're actually equally as happy at watching it on TV. And uh, we we wish it would have been uh, more because it could have easily been, as Sharon was saying, offline 7-0. But... Let's go ahead and introduce here our co-host Sharon and Jared. First, let's go over to you, Sharon. How's it going? Hey, I think I may have a voice. So, um, it occasionally goes out. We were yelling our heads off last night. Literally, <laughs> if you looked away for two seconds, it's kind of like when you drive through a small town, you blink, you miss it. If you looked away last night for two seconds, you missed something exciting. It was end to end, and I'm still thrilled you know, after the whole game. I'm just still thrilled. I, everybody is. Everybody's on cloud nine. It felt like we were playing against the Portland under-23s. Jared. <laughs> oh, man. I I just loved how this match ended up. I mean, from start to finish, I mean, we just dominated as we could. We were expecting them to struggle a little bit, but uh, not this this much. Uh, Colorado, that is. So I'm just glad that everybody just on, on our side just jumped in, got, got feet on the ball, put shots in, and I'm still uh, I'm still miffed that uh, Jack Gurr missed his first goal by centimeters. Ugh. But still, otherwise, it was a great game last night. How are you, Luis? Uh, I'm doing good. Still really happy about the game that we were able to witness yesterday because, uh, I mean, Colorado being in third place, we talked about it on the town hall. You get the three points here. You get that much closer to Colorado, right? Just two points away from them. And you go above New Mexico now uh, in, in points. Uh, it's awesome. I'm feeling really good about our playoff chances this season. And I really do still think that another three points on Saturday can still get a seventh place um, just because last season Oakland managed to get into playoffs with 41 points. So I, I'm using that as a meter of sorts. I know every season's different, but I, I just find it really tough for a team with 43 points to uh, not at least get that seventh spot. So, uh, yeah. You know, and you know what else we have going for us besides both of our, all three of our happinesses? Goal differential, baby, with those three goals. Mm. That improves our goal differential. And I know we usually talk about it later, but let's just get it out there right now. Our goal differential stat changed uh, quite a bit last night. And everybody I spoke to last night agreed. And I, Jared, I used a little bit of your uh, humor when I was mentioning to the team that we stayed in a really, really nice hotel yesterday because the sheets were clean. Uh, all hypoallergenic and clean, fresh like, uh, like the river. <laughs> <laughs> Luis, I wish you could. I wish you could have been there last night because it literally was, you know. And Jared, you too. It literally was an atmosphere beyond compare. It was one of those games where nobody left. The fans didn't. Well, okay, fans were leaving because they knew that we had, you know, the game in hand. You know, the ones that want to beat the traffic, right? But the, you know, the diehard fans. Nobody left. We all wanted to just stay in it, you know. And deal with the feelings and the emotions and just let them run over us, you know, for another hour if we could, you know. I don't even know how people would want to leave early when like, it clearly wasn't a packed house. There's not going to be any traffic <laughs> when you leave. I mean, I've, I've managed to leave 
games with traffic and only be stuck for like five, 10 minutes. So it's not too bad. So for anyone going, just stay till the end of the game. You're not going to save that much time, especially on a Wednesday game. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, you're very right. Our differential is up. And I know it's something that earlier in the season, we always talked about, right? Like what's going on with our differential and whatnot. But we, we always had to keep in mind that we had games in hand, right? Other teams had played a couple more games and we were bound to get some of those games where we were going to get a goal differential like yesterday's, right? Uh, but now uh, we do have a goal differential of eight, which is actually more than Colorado's thanks to scoring three on them. Now we push them down to uh, a five goal differential, meaning that if you know we were to tie with them, we, we would be above them uh, in, in that uh, perspective as well. Um, but before we get to talking about the, the game itself, uh, let's go ahead and uh, give out our golosos of gratitude. So Sharon, since you were at the game yesterday, have you go first? Oh my goodness. <laughs> There's just too many to mention, but you know, oh goodness gracious. I don't know who the caterer was last night in the VIP section. Cause of course I did go VIP. Um, but, but I just have to hand it to them. They made the best fall off the bone ribs for, for the catering last night. It was great. But to my sister who showed up and, and, you know, we sat shoulder to shoulder during the whole entire match and just absolutely, um, it was thrilling to see. Now, another goal out of gratitude really quickly was, you know, to both Keko and Dominique's families and also to, um, Dan Casey's family, they're all in town. All their families have kind of come into town recently and everyone is so sweet and so nice. And there are, you know, people's brothers and cousins and sisters and, you know, mothers and all kinds of people are in town to watch these kids play and these guys play. And, and these families have traveled from long distances like Ireland and and Spain for, for, you know, it's just like an amazing so I've got to thank the families that always show up to support, you know, the wives and girlfriends and the families and everybody who's involved. It's really simply amazing to see that. And also to my neighbors, Bob and Terry LaGrasse, as we all know, Bob is going through cancer treatment, um, Matt LaGrasse's dad, and it's no secret, you know, um, and they are still so sweet and so wonderful. And they're my neighbors. We see them often. And someday, I know they'll never listen to this podcast, but someday I will ride Matt, uh, Bob LaGrasse's Harley because he keeps telling me I need to ride his Harley. So I will ride it. Not as a passenger, but as a, I still have my motorcycle license. So there you go. And Jared, Golaz is a gratitude to you. Well, I definitely got to give a glass of gratitude to my manager because uh, this past, uh, well, actually early this week, uh, I was actually given the opportunity to work from home. Um, Monday, I had already gotten here and was told, hey, if you want to finish the rest of the day at home, go, go ahead. And ultimately, that, that, that. And then also on Tuesday, I do apologize for the airplane because I am actually right by uh, Phoenix Sky Harbor where I uh, at my uh, office but um yeah i was actually given the chance to work from home again on tuesday and ultimately leading to overtime so hopefully some additional cash for um miami slash orlando uh those are the big ones i've got right now that's awesome it's good that you're going to be able to get have some extra money to spend because uh as we all know as we talked about in the town hall uh 
we're all spending quite a bit to you know make our journey over to Orlando. Um, as far as I go, um, I only have one actually, and this one goes out to our uh, podcast magic, uh, Bill and Vijev. I'm actually going to be going uh, to the uh, Fuego game this Saturday. It's going to be super hot. It's actually um, <laughs> supposed to be 107 degrees. So it's going to be quite an oven out there, but um, I, I still wanted to go to the game because I will be in the area. Um, but shout out to him because he's actually going to be helping me uh, get a Fuego Bijev jersey and also helping me out with uh, getting tickets for the Bijev section at the Fuego Stadium. So really excited about that. So That's Nice. Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm glad. And if you see Lainey and, and it, well, it's probably going to be too hot for her to bring their little son. But if you do see Lainey and and their son, you know, give them a squeeze, a little pinch on the cheek for me. You know, I forgot one gloss of gratitude. Uh, Josh Cohen reached out to me after, just before his, or just after his match, his uh, Champions League match. He reached out to me and said, he remembered me asking for one of his jerseys. And guess what? He remembered. And I think I'm going to get a Maccabi Haifa goalkeeper jersey, Josh Cohen. So I'll let you guys know when when it happens and when it comes. And we'll have a little show and tell here on the podcast. But dang, that is a massive, massive. I mean, his squad in the Champions League. Uh, they 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 won their match yesterday. It's fabulous and so good to see our dear friend Josh Cohen do so well. We'll have to get him back on the podcast here soon. Oh yeah, yeah, we will definitely uh, do our best to have him back on. Uh, we'll, we'll have to adjust to a schedule, right? We know our time zones are like opposite, but I don't mind waking up at four in the morning to <laughs> to talk <laughs> to him because what he's doing over there is just really amazing. And I mean, he's leading the way for Republic alumni. Right. I mean, he, he was such a great goalkeeper with us and we knew he had great qualities. And so it makes me really happy that, you know, a player like him is now playing uh, with the big teams and uh, showing what he's capable of. All right. Well, before we get right into the game, uh, just a quick reminder to everyone uh, to check out SACSoccerPod.com, our website, where you can find uh, all of our podcast episodes if you want to listen to us and not listen via an application. Uh, also, you can find out a little bit more about us, the hosts of the show, and leave us a voicemail. Send us your comments uh, through your voice, and we may be replaying it on a future show. Or if you have any questions, especially as we lead to the cup, I know people have thousands of questions out there. Uh, if we don't know the answer to it, then we'll do our best to get it for you. So just feel free to do that. And again, we may replay it on a future episode. All right, let's get right into this game. 3-0. Uh, and I want to go through the goals that we scored. Any other observations you saw there at the stadium, Sharon? Uh, but first, I mean, I know Jared's really happy about this one. He gained a point. He wasn't sure. He didn't really quite remember if uh, he had said Malik or not. But as y'all remember in the last podcast episode, uh, Sharon, I believe you told Jared that it was a game of chance. If he kept picking Malik, it was bound to happen. And guess what? It happened right away. He didn't have to keep on uh, guessing too. And it was actually uh, quite a great goal. I mean, we know Malik is like all over the place, right? But he was at the right spot at the right time. And I think you mentioned it before, Sharon, you got to keep your eyes on the ball, no matter what, 
because the goalkeeper might just leave it there. And if he does, then you got to be ready to, you know, get your goal if you get that opportunity. And that's exactly what Malik did. What you guys so, think? Yeah. So, and and I know Jared is going to be like all over this because he gets a point, <laughs> right? And and it was funny because even last night I, I was lamenting to everybody. It's like, I think Jared just got a point <laughs> after Malik scored. Um, but yeah, the, the knockdowns, rebounds, the having the plan, the following the plan, the being active, you know, even when you don't have the ball, staying active, staying alert. This was Malik. I mean, this was like, quintessential Malik Foster that we've come to know. He is, um, I swear to you, he just never stops. He is that guy that you want, you know, kind of playing cleanup around the goal and just being where he needs to be. How many times did they find Malik? How many times were the crosses found him off, you know, camping out on the right side, camping out in the center high? He was always in that sneaky, hidden spot and boom, there he gets it. He was running at their defense so much last night. I swear, we tuckered them out before they knew it. Before they even knew what had happened to them, we 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 spun them. Even though they spun us and the fouls didn't happen, oh, we did not get the fouls called for us, but it didn't impact the outcome of the game. So you can't be too mad. But um, yeah, no, Malik, wow. And Jared, congratulations on your point. Uh, it was long overdue to finally get that point for picking uh, Malik to score the goal first. I'm just glad he did. And he was basically Johnny on the spot there for getting that goal, getting Republic FC into the lead one, nothing. I mean, the man, the man is built for speed. I mean, that's, I mean, it's, I mean, what else can be say? I mean, he's gets right, right on top of it, right, right then and there. So, I mean, it's just amazing that he did. Yeah, and I think he continues to show that the guy, it doesn't matter if you start him, if you rotate him into a game, he's going to be the same Malik that we all know. And it's just really awesome when you can have a player that no matter what, he's going to be there. And I mean, coach gave him quite some time yesterday. And I, I you probably noticed that Sharon being at the stadium there, but the guy kept running still. I mean, I, I was so impressed by seeing the guy still giving it his all. Uh, in like the last couple of minutes before he got rotated out of the match. And you would want players like that, right? That are going to have energy to be like, hey, if you put me all 90, I'm be the same person in the 90th than I am in the first, right? I'm still going to have all that energy. And yeah, he's he's one of those uh, special guys that is just full of energy. And I think uh, Roro mentioned it in an interview as well, right? I mean, he's something else. And we're really lucky to have a guy like him on our side, especially come September 7th when you're going to need a lot of fresh legs out there. Yeah. So, so it was interesting because right before he got subbed, he was down on the ground and I was like, oh no, no, no. You know, cause that he subbed right out right after that. I think he and Keiko both, but it, it was fine. He's fine. There's, you don't have to worry about Malik at all. He's absolutely fine, but he's the guy He's not going to just start working right before he sees the sub coming in, you know, otherwise known as someone someone else on the team. He, <laughs> like you said, Luis, he works hard for however many minutes he's in there. He works that same pace. It's great. Yeah. So we should probably move on and talk about some um, additional uh, goals before uh, before we lose our dear sweet friend Jared to work. We don't want that to happen because we need to hear his predictions for Las Vegas as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. Especially since he's going to be there. Uh, well, moving on to the second goal, 
Um, our local Elk Grove guy, Matt LaGrasa, getting a second goal of the season, right? If we remember, his first one was against New Mexico, but he finally gets one in league play, I should add, right? Because I believe against uh, Timbers under 23, he got a goal as well. Um, but in the league, he gets a goal in front of Sacramento fans. And I, I mean, wh- were you guys expecting that? I don't know, right? But hey, he went for it. And I say, if you feel confident, go ahead, pull your shot because you never know what might happen. And hey, it worked out to his favor too. I think there was a slight deflection, if I remember correctly, from uh, our former guy, Mahoney, right, Sharon? Maybe that could have been. (laughs) Matt was playing with a cast on and that was kind of like a big deal. He had a cast on. But yeah, no. So this one, as we're, like I said, if you blinked, you missed something. (laughs) Who would have thought that one of our, you know, D mids or, you know, deeper mids would have shot. But, you know, Matt's been doing this a lot during the season. He has been taking some long balls. He has been, he's been shooting from distance. That is his specialty. You know, he and Roe both know how to, you know, aim. And we were hoping, of course, Jack Gurr would have had the same luck, but it Mm. didn't quite happen, as Jared said earlier. But this is Matt's specialty. And this was a daisy cutter. And I just posted on social media that daisy cutters are like my favorite kind of goals that get scored from distance. Um, you know, where it skidded, it skids along just barely along the surface of the turf. And here's the deal with these kinds of shots, the knockdown rebound potential is big time. If you noticed all night long, Colorado sucked when it came to uh getting clearing the balls out of the box. We were constantly like peppering them. We had 20 shots. Right. Mm-hmm. And we were peppering them and they didn't handle that very well. So we found their Achilles heel. And of course, Matt capitalized on their um, on, on their deficiency of being able to deal with something like this. So thank goodness for Matt LaGrasa. He's getting big press. He's happy with the clan, you know, and, you know, he's a, he's still humble. He's still a humble guy. Last night he was geeking out at uh, Pete's. Uh, afterwards, because he was talking about a, stat, a status statistical firm that he works for, where they collect up the data that is produced post match for referees, and he is he works in the firm at, in administrating that data, and he was like totally just all he wanted to do was talk about how that works and how they're going to use it in the future, and it's going to help improve performances all the way around the league, and it's like, dude. You just scored like a killer goal and you're geeking out, bragging, not bragging, but, you know, getting into the details of this stuff that you work on because he's a smart dude on top of that. So it's pretty cool. Dude's great. He's a good hometown kid. His parents were pleased as punch. Oh, my God. Should have seen. Uh, you guys, I can't wait for you to come post-match and meet Bob and Terry. They're just salt of the earth. And that's why Matt is as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've met them. Yeah. But, yeah, they're really amazing parents. Yeah, I mean, watching that goal, I mean, that that was an, another rocket. I mean, he has been firing off those rockets uh, left and right. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he must have had some lineage that worked at uh, Aerotech in the past. I mean, at this point. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> That's good. I, I mean, he's, he's got the leg for it. Why not use him when, when the chance comes up? Yeah. Um, and it confirmed that it was Matt Mahoney that had the slight deflection there and it, this is why i always keep insisting right like players take your shots whenever you have that angle because you never know there might be a deflection like this and if you don't pull that shot that's not going to happen 
Um, so yeah, so it really doesn't matter if uh, you're taking a shot and it's actually going towards goal or not, because if you happen to hit <laughs> one of the opposition players or heck, even sometimes your own teammate, as long as they're not offsides, then you might get a goal and the goalkeeper is never going to see it coming. It's really tough, especially when it's a strong shot. So th that was the 2-0 goal there. I mean, I'm sure the stadium was uh, so excited. We were really excited on TV just watching it, just feeling like, man, this game might be a high-scoring game, right? I don't know. I just automatically felt 4-0, 5-0, just the, in all the different opportunities we were getting. But um, moving on to the goal that happened right before the end of the first half, Sharon's favorite, Keiko, manages to be back on the score sheet, which is really great because we know how many times he's tried to be on the score sheet, and he finally gets that opportunity there. And as we know, right, I mean, the guy uh, gets his opportunities and, you know, if it's going to go towards goal, most often than not, it's probably going to end up being a goal. And I think yesterday he had plenty of opportunities to even get more than just one. Right. I mean, I could think of one where it should have been right. It was a one on one opportunity. But unfortunately, you know, he wasn't able to finish it there. But the guy usually uh doesn't let you go without you know getting a goal on you um so those are really rare circumstances that happen there um but in this situation walk us through the goal Sharon I mean some of your people around your section they were probably already going to the bathroom or to get you know a quick bite before uh half time happened uh what was everyone's reaction like were there still a lot of people in your section when <laughs> when the goal oh, came yeah. Oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, no, and it uh the the reception for that goal and the build-up for that goal, you know, whenever a ball comes uh, uh you know across the the pitch, you know, from a from a from a crossing situation, you always wonder is someone really gonna be able to capitalize on that? And then all of a sudden it was like it was Kecko, and it was like, Oh, you have no idea. You have no idea how happy that made all of us because guess what? His whole freaking family had literally kind of just started to trickle in and arrive and get seated. And they were there in force and the kids were there. They uh, and Patty, his wife, rushed to the other end of, you know, because it was at the far end from 105, rushed down to the end. And I know Jack was happy as a clam, you know, that he was able to set Keko up this way. But everyone, everyone in the stadium was like, yes, it was Keko. Because we know the man is money. And when you know that that man is money and he actually shows it, it, you know, it just makes all of our hearts happy for him because it, he plays with much more confidence when he starts, when he can play his game last night, he played his game because he was surrounded by everybody else who knew what the plan was. And oh, everyone played so well together. I mean, if you think about what Roro did all game long, well, the missed penalty, whatever, I don't care about that. Nobody does. Mm -hmm. um, but everything else that all of the guys did, it was fabulous. There were very few broken plays. You know, Colorado didn't break us down very much, but this goal to see his family and to see Patty run down and to see him run to the sidelines and give his son a hug. I have pictures on my social uh, right after he scored the goal and he came over to his children and his wife and it was just so phenomenal. He was he was thrilled and we feed off of that. Yeah, that, that's it's really awesome that you know he was able to do that and only that right, but he set himself up for that goal right. I mean, he puts the pass <laughs> to Jacker and 
I don't know if it was already planned out that way, right? Or, you know, Jack just happened to see him uh, open and was like, hey, let me just give it back to him. But man, uh, it, it makes me so happy when the, the guy who sets up a, a goal opportunity is the one who ends up getting the goal, right? Because you already know he was uh, ready to uh, score if given the opportunity to get the ball again. And clean shot. He knew where he was shooting towards. And this is why I keep saying shoot. <laughs> look at who was at the back post, you guys. If there was a knockdown rebound, Malik Foster right there, perfectly camped out. He framed mm. the goal. Those guys framed the goal. They knew what they needed to do. They were all ready for the knockdown rebound second attempt. But it was like last night's game. Oh, I keep saying it looked like we were playing against Combs. I hate to say that. I hope Matt Mahoney and, you know, Ket Carlton are not listening to this podcast because I don't like to disparage other teams that are really good teams. But to, to do this to that kind of team, because the weather was a whole lot cooler by the time the game started than they were expecting. It was fabulous. I We got into their noggin and it was it was a beautiful thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I was surprised that Colorado played like that. I didn't think it was going to be that easy at all. I mean, you don't even think of, I, I think of like last place teams that we played in the past, right? Even when we played against Monterey, I didn't even think that game was going to be that that easy. It looks like Jared has to get going too. Um, at this point, he's already out too, but just so everyone knows uh, he had a, a really short lunch here, but uh, we got his prediction all that too. I'm going to be taking over his uh, unsolved mystery here uh, shortly. But yeah, so that that was that right Sharon a, a 3-0 and as you mentioned it could have been more I know we had the missed penalty and a, a, as I was saying to everyone in our group chat you know you score some you miss some you just got to keep going that that's how penalty kicks are right and, and so uh, I think uh, Roro should not let it get to him right I mean luckily it was already 3-0 so it really didn't impact the score at all and um, I, I mean, it was well placed. I gotta say as well, it's just the goalkeeper, you know, got it right. But I mean, no, no fault to uh, his shot. I thought it was good. I don't know what you guys thought over in 105, but uh, I mean, it, it looked like it was a good shot. It's just the keeper did a good job. He stayed on his line, but he guessed right. And uh, you know, Roro can put it on either side. He can put it high. He can put it low. Um, and it was a perfectly placed ball. It's just the mm. keeper, like you said, the keeper guessed correctly. And unfortunately for us, um, you know, we didn't convert on that. It didn't matter. And it didn't dampen Roro's spirit at all. You know, um, a little while later, I think they, thank goodness, they gave him a break. And they subbed in Nick Ross, who I thought did an admirable job in, you know, Roro's absence. But otherwise, it, it we weren't mad that this shot didn't go in. Nobody was mad because we already had so many chances and we even had more chances after this shot. Now, you know who surprised me during the game? And I'm going to switch subjects a little bit. Luis Felipe. He actually had the swivel head going. He was getting in good positions. He was um, closing down their attack when it was right to swarm. He was joining the swarm when we were in our attacking third and uh, trying to regain possession, he actually had a way better game uh, last night or, you know, Wednesday night than I've seen him play in a while. And sure enough, you know, we still earned some yellow roses, as Jared would say. However, I think he plays better when 
he, he, you know, I think he plays better when he goes after things, you know, and when he gets the yellow card, I don't think it phases him really to get cautioned, although it was a shocker. The yellow cards that we were given were soft. Uh, there, there, a couple of them, Roro's had a tackle that, of course, yeah, that needed to be a yellow because he, um, yeah, it was an interesting tackle, but there, they should have earned a couple of yellow cards and they didn't for some fouls that they committed that affected the, the total play of the game in it. And it should have been a yellow card in arrears uh, in a couple of uh, situations where our, our players literally got tackled, hamstrung, uh, spun around. I think there was one play where Keck got totally 180 by a guy with his arm across him. And there was no, a, there was no yellow card issued after the fact. And I don't care if you play, um, if you play advantage, which is what they gave us or not, you come back and you basically you caution that player somehow, whether just a verbal warning or whatnot, and none of that occurred. So it was an interestingly refed game, um, and we were kind of yelling at the refs quite a bit. Well, a little bit. Mark uh, Briggs, he had to be very careful last night. There was a couple times where he was cautioned, you know, verbal warning, but then Ross Kane picked up a yellow, and we were thankful, thankful that it wasn't Deech. You know, Danny Beach, uh, but that it was Ross. And I, I talked to Ross after the match and I said, thank you for taking one for the team so that Danny Beach, the other assistant coach, didn't get, you know, a, another caution from the referee because you definitely don't want to have any of that issue to you. But Ross, Ross was funny. I have no idea what he said, but whatever he said earned him a yellow card. Yeah. Uh... When they implemented that system where anyone, uh, non-player, could get yellow cards too, I mean, I, I had a big laugh. And, and I always laugh whenever <laughs> a coach gets a yellow card because I'm like, all right, that's that's kind of funny. I see why they do it because sometimes, you know, referees did not have another option but to either um, you know just hear everything and let it go or game a straight-up red card, right? And sometimes it was too excessive. <laughs> But I'm I'm glad you took one for the team. That's that's what you got to do when yeah. when you don't have a yellow card. Exactly. So look at where all of our goals came from. They're kind of more right side ish, right? Look at our goals. They were almost all from the from the right side or from straight on, but they all came kind of out of the right side. So we must have done our homework in knowing that Colorado's left side, you know, their left backs, their left wings, their left midfield was the weaker side. Um, you know, Donnie got in really nicely from our left side, their right side, but we had a lot of success coming in on their right side. So, uh, you know, I would say if we're looking at Vegas, if we're looking down the road at any of the teams that we're, you know, going to play, you know, soon, that the analysis of their strengths and weaknesses are going to be really critical so that we know where we're going to break these teams down. And obviously we did our homework for this match, right? Oh yeah, we sure did. It's reflected in the scoreline. And if we hadn't, we wouldn't be here saying it should have been seven <laughs> zero. So we clearly did that. Uh, just one more player that I want to actually uh, stand out for this match. And that's uh, Danny V in the oh second God. half. Uh, there was one play, I, I can't quite remember the name of the Colorado player, but he was going to score a wonder goal. And the reaction of Danny V was so impressive. I couldn't believe he had that quick reaction to, you know, get right to it. I don't know if you remember it, Sharon, but it wasn't going to be offsides. It was a legal opportunity. 
it would have been one of those um, ESPN Sports Center top ten goals, probably. And he made sure that that did not happen. Yeah, no, D- Danny Vidiolo last night looked like there were some moments, you know, when they when we were under attack that we it looked like it could have gone either way. And those are the moments where your heart goes into your throat, where it's like, ah, you know, you kind of let out a little gasp. And then the next thing you know, it's like Danny B comes up with it. Danny B punches it away. Danny B does this. Danny B does that. The dude, like you said just a minute ago, we played, a, you know, a team in higher standing as though our lives depended on it. Right. And then, you know, and every player was playing that way. It, you know, how does that even, how does that even go down? It was amazing, you know, so it, it would be totally cool to see, um, you know, the total stats on Danny V when you look on, under the stats there to see what a save count looked like. So I don't know if you can pull up the stat box to see um, what the saves look like. Oh, there aren't any. Okay. Um, they made 11 shots, three shots on target. So obviously those three shots on target um, against us were all Danny Videolo, you know, or it was a field save. Um, oh, and by the way, Dan Casey had an awesome field save. I don't know if you saw him. It was in the um, within the first half, and uh, Dan Casey was on the back post. Ball was going in. Ball was clearly going in, and Dan Casey got it right out. I mean, if he had mm-hmm. not been covering, and it wasn't, I don't think it was a corner kick. But it was definitely one of those one of those plays where Dan Casey alertly stepped behind his keeper. You know, Danny Vidiolo had front post and a bulk of the goal on an angle, and Dan Casey picked up the uncovered portion of the goal and it was beautiful. So I got to give a shout out to to Dan Casey for that field save he did. It's great. I I think I remember the play that you're talking about too, and I, and at right. first glance I, I was thinking the same way. I mean. Not to discredit him, right? He had a, he did a really great job still, but they showed a replay on the other side, right behind the goal net, and it, I think the shot was going to go outside, but still, either way, um, when I was watching the game, uh, I still thought it was good for him to do that, right? Because uh-huh. defender, you don't know what where exactly it'll go. You just know that it's going <laughs> in the direction of goal, and so uh, he did a great job with that. And and we we like to see defenders make sure that they block any shot. Doesn't matter where it's going, um, you know, just get it out. Don't risk it, you know, actually potentially, you know, going inside or hitting the post and hitting you or something. Uh, so, yeah, but I, I remember seeing that one, too, and and thinking, like, well, that's that was a really good opportunity by Colorado, right? Um, but, yeah, once they showed the replay behind the goal net, I was like, oh, all right, well, it's still oh, good. it was, okay. Yeah, that, that's how it looked like, right? But then again, you never know. We saw it with Matt Mahoney, how the deflection and it went in. Could have happened the same way. So if there's an opportunity for you to clear it out, then clear that ball out. Don't let it, you know, risk hitting anyone else or some strange thing happening or, I don't know, bouncing or something, right? Because we know right. a lot of weird things happen when shots are pulled. Cool. Well, uh, that, that was that. 3-0 win puts us pretty happy especially as you know we just count down to september 7th and the guys need all the confidence they can get from now uh till then yeah and this is a really great way for them to uh 
build on that confidence that they've already been having in the cup itself. And so uh, after this match on Saturday, uh, Jared is going to be going to this match. So we can't wait for him to uh, tell us on Sunday all that happened at Las Vegas. Um, we're going to be playing against them uh, at 7.30 p.m. After that, we travel back to Sacramento on the 27th to play against Oakland one more time, <laughs> 8 p.m. And it is going to be the last 8 p.m. match. So if anyone's trying to be at a late match, this is the last one this season. And so we go back to the uh, 7 p.m. schedule uh, for the following home games. Uh, but then after that, it's looking like it's not going to be rescheduled. We are going to be traveling down to Kentucky on September 3rd to play against the always difficult Louisville City at 4.30 p.m. our time and then September 7th Cup final match. So we're getting really close to We're just three games away from getting uh, to the Cup final and we got to still get as much points as we can from these games because once the final is up, and as I mentioned before, they're going to be resting a lot of guys for the game against Ludon on the 10th and then even probably the following game too. You know, good point, good point. And it's funny because I was talking to um, not only Mark Briggs, but um, Todd Donovan because it's like the buzz right now is, and this is from a lot of the fans, is we need, and, you know, others even inside, it's like, can we please just hold on to this bubble for the rest of the season and next season. We want this little bubble of Mark Briggs, Tom Denovan, all the coaches, all the players. We want to hang on to them. But because of the notoriety mm-hmm. we've received, there's that little little funny feeling inside of ourselves that say, oh, others are going to recognize this, these qualities in all of the people that are out there, including even front office people that have done fabulous jobs of doing their jobs. And it's like, we don't, we, it's like, how do we hang on to this bubble? We don't want to lose the bubble. You know, like what happens after the seven, you know, it's kind of like, yes, we've got the rest of the league, but right now we're geared so much for the open cup. Anyhow. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. That's what comes with having a, a winning team, right? That you know that all the eyes are on you. Other uh, teams are going to be interested. But as as sad as it makes me feel, I think next year we're going to see a completely new team. I hope I'm wrong, but I, uh, I think a lot of guys are going to be making moves, uh, regardless of what happens on the seventh, whether we win or not. They've already left a you know a, a big impression on the national stage, and it, it's I mean more so if we win. I mean if we win we're going to have probably some players already signed to, to yeah. teams for next year already before even our season ends. I know. So. I know it's fabulous, but it's the system of play that, that Briggs has put in, you know, he, he, anyhow, I don't want to go there, but um, getting back to the, the <laughs> schedule, thank goodness that after uh, Las Vegas, the guys can get a couple days of, you know, just R and R before they have to jump right back into, you know, a, a tough schedule, you know, of, of, Although there is some time, you know, there's a week and then a week of we we're not playing when a Wednesday match again until the Open Cup. You just said that, um, so it's it's nice that they get to kind of take a breath and have a Saturday and another Saturday and another Saturday. Yes, there's travel in there, and then a Wednesday and a Saturday. <laughs> you know, it's uh, so. Let's just see what happens. We've brought in some really good guys. Um, we, 
and I will say, we did not mention anything. There's a name we need to mention here before the end of the podcast, but there's a name that we haven't talked about. And the guy who gave it all and almost got a gold, Josh Bauer. Dude gave a, a split open head and uh, the doctor and I were talking and he's like, oh yeah, I'm a podiatrist, but I stitched him up right there on the feet. He was like, that's awesome, dude. He literally just, you know, closed the open head wound. But Josh just kept playing. He looked like an A's disco dancer, you know, with that white headband in the first half. What teased him a little bit about that. Came out second half with a black headband because of what the way they put on the initial one, it was like kind of, I blame the fact that he didn't score that sitter on the headband being too far down that he couldn't necessarily see everything when he lined himself up. And what he said was he was leaning back a little bit too far. I talked to him afterwards because um, the guys were teasing him a wee, a wee bit about, you know, missing a sitter. But you know what? And then he said to he even said, yeah, that's why I played. That's why I played center back. Or that's why I played the defense. And it's like, we always say that too. It's like whenever a defender misses a shot, it's like, that's why you're not a forward. <laughs> Anyhow, Josh was awesome. Josh did not stand on the ball last night. Love that about him. Um, all the guys had a plan. It was like this weirdo, flawless performance the way we won. Anyhow, so moving on, schedule, we talked about that. We talked about what's coming up, you know, over time. And I know we need to cut this one off. So shush, Sharon, shush. Well, I'm glad you mentioned Josh because, yeah, it's never easy to play when, uh, you know, you just hit your head. And, you know, I, I can't imagine how, how that must feel when you're trying to be out there focused on the game as well. Um, but just one more thing on the thing that we were talking about earlier, just to put a positive twist to that. I know it sounded really sad and like we were not going to see the same team, but there's two things. One, if you win it and you go to CONCACAF, it, we all very well know that Kevin is going to put investment to that club again because you're going to be playing on a national or international stage and you're going to want to have your best team out there. Right. So th there's that. And, and plus uh, there's that bonus of winning the cup as well and, and all that. Uh, but we already have money from just being in the cup final itself. Um, but if we don't win it, I still think next season, Kevin is going to invest on this team again because he saw what this investment did this season. And we very well know he's going to want to get as far as we can next year in the cup again. Since we already made it to the final, you know, future players are going to have that mentality that, hey, players who played here made it to the final. So why can't we make it to the final as well? Right. And we're still going to have Roro to have that leadership next season, too. So, yeah, th there's there's positive things, I think, regardless of what happens in the future. <laughs> oh, thank you for saying all of that. Yes, yes, yes. And, and you know, we, we kind of all we realize that. So anyhow. And by the way, before we close this out, I also want to um, hand it to Dougie for actually playing <laughs> like we know him to play. I know he didn't get a ton of minutes last night. But what we did see was, um, I think he's best coming off the bench. I hate to say it, but he really has a lot more fire in his belly when he comes off the bench. Yeah, I, I noticed that too, right? Especially that last play, which I still think the referee uh, exaggerated a little bit too much. It was not for a yellow card. It wasn't like a bad play. In fact, I didn't even think it was a foul, right? It was just one of those things where, you know, he really wanted uh, to... <laughs> you know, get to the ball, but I, I never saw a foul. It should have just been a, a throw in, but, you know, he got the yellow and, and that's that. 
but I'm glad you mentioned him. I, I also do think he he's much better off uh, coming off uh, from uh, the bench and whatnot. All right, well, podcast winner dinner contest, and as we mentioned before, Jared got a point, which I'm really happy for him uh, because I, I want you and him to be closer to me already, so we can make this even more interesting, and those bonus points can count towards you know being in the lead versus catching up uh, <laughs> in the future here. But uh, standings now sit at me, 12 points, uh, Sharon, 7 points, and Jared is now at 6 points. So you two officially out of more than I do now. So Yeah, no, no, no. Congratulations to you for continuing to hang on to your 12 <laughs> points and, you know, be ahead of us. But to the, the fact that we have to add up to even beat you or be close to you is kind of funny. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so let's let's share what our upcoming predictions are. I haven't thought about it, but I know Jared has, and I know you have the information, so I'll let you talk. Yeah, and I have mine too, so I guess we can have you go last then. So uh, for mine, I have a 2-1 win. I think it's going to be a difficult match, uh, considering that Las Vegas are in sixth place right now on the table, and they're going to want to get as close as possible to uh, you know staying in the playoff zone because they're just a loss away from potentially losing that. And I see Dougie actually scoring first because I think that coach might be starting Dougie on Saturday just based off the fact that, you know, it's two close games and Dougie didn't really see a lot of minutes. And so I just think a lot of the guys that were on the bench are going to be starting on on Saturday. And if he's not there, then I see Luis Felipe getting the goal. And then Jared let us know that he sees a 3-1 when similar to what he said uh, last Labor Day as his prediction, he sees uh, Keiko scoring first. And if Keiko's not there, then Matt LaGrasa would get yet another goal in this match. Wow, he's brave and bold. So I'm going out on a freaking limb because I told him I would do this last night. And I'll start with who I think is going to score the first goal, um, even though he's not fully game fit, is Deshaun. Um, I have uh, Deshaun scoring our first goal. And if he doesn't see the pitch, then I think I'm going to go with Keko. Um, Gosh. And then the score line, I think if we play smart, it depends on who's in goal and who is going to be in the defense. You know, are we, are we going to, they're going to have a week of rest. So I think we can start our starters, you know, even though they just played, I think we can still start our normal starters. Although I think there's going to be some rotation. Um, Let's see here. I'm going with, oh, do I? 2-0 win us. A 2-0 win. I would love to see it be a drubbing. Um, And if it, yeah, I think I'm going to go with 2-0. Oh, nice. Win. So zero is, is a popular scoreline, as they say, usually in, in the world of, of the sport. Right. We see a lot of two zeros, a lot of places. So so our squad is really good at playing um, when you're when you're up 1-0. We have a really good uh, system of play for playing a, a goal up. We also have a really good system of play when we're two goals up. Um, and now, and I have to say this, and I'll let the cat out of the bag, the coach is training the guys to be ruthless and to consider running up the score. And so that's what last night was all about. Even when we got three up and a potential for four, the guys didn't sit on their laurels. They didn't just play. They did play some possession ball, 
but they went after Colorado and that's what we saw last night. And so if the same philosophy is true for Saturday, it may even be a brighter scoreline than 2-0 if if the guys play the system that they're being trained to play. Okay? Okay. That's good. That, that's what we always want to see from the team. And I'm glad you got to just keep going and n- never start defending any scoreline because that's that's how you can get tied, right? And if, I mean, heck, even if we get tied, even if we lose those games, we as the fans still leave a match or, you know, turn off our TV pretty happy still, right? Because you know that the team wanted to keep on scoring and, you know, it just didn't go our way, but the they, team never gave up uh, no matter what. Cool. Well, that's really great. We have different score lines. We have different goal scorers. This is probably a first because we have all different first goal scorers and all different score lines. So that's good. If there's a win, someone's going to get a point at the very least is what it's looking like, unless it's like 1-0 or 3-2. You know, we, sh- we should ask Connor what we should add to our contest to make it more exciting, you know, for additional pieces, you know, so that we can have more more point available or uh, point options, you know, ways to get a point. I bet Connor would have a couple of really good ideas because we haven't said his name in a while. So it's just nice <laughs> to say his name. Yeah. No, that, that's a good idea. I'll, I'll, I'll ask him for any suggestions on that too. So, uh, well, so we no, can start he, offering he, those. He, he might listen to this podcast. And so, you know, you may get it unsolicited. You may get some ideas from him. Hopefully he listens to the podcast. And I'm also hoping hoping that sometimes uh, uh, J- John Jacobs and uh, Emil and, uh, well, and of course, Connor and others listen to the podcast because we would love to get consistent, um, uh, uh, get a, a consistent link to the post-game press conferences. We would love to have that. Um, because we help elevate what is being said through our podcast. Yes, I know that the TV stations and other venues, media outlets will oftentimes play uh, the press conference, but we do too. And so we would love to get our hands on that on, on a consistent basis. So you guys, I know you're busy doing a million things, but please add us to your distribution list. Um, and we need to have a, a special sound for, for John and Emil there in the communications office. It'd be great to give them their own special sound, you know? I'll have to think of a communication-related sound, right? So, <laughs> a I don't telegraph. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. A little, telegraph. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll have to explore the, the sound uh, options that I have here on the site that I use for sounds and see what I can find, but oh, that'd yeah. Be awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. So we'll, we'll be having hopefully uh, some more press conferences just like we did in the past too. So just so everyone knows, I'm glad you, you pointed that out just so people don't know what's say, hey, what's wrong with the, where's the press conferences we, we used to get. Um, but we're, we're going to be working our hardest to try and get those earlier. But sometimes I got to say, we po- we record these early. We have to get them posted right away. Like this one of those where, it's got to go up, right? Because we have another game on Saturday. So this is why I keep saying USL, minimize your Wednesday games, work better with your schedules and <laughs> and don't give us like games too, you know, uh, you know, quick and quick succession, right? Um, give us a break. <laughs> let, let us actually have an episode up for a whole week and not just for a couple of days. And then it's not really as, as relevant. <laughs> well, 
One quick thing since Jared's not here, and that is USL Unsolved Mysteries. This one's a really good one, so play the music. All right, so one thing that we found out, this isn't Sacramento related, but it is Phoenix related. And we were quite surprised and credit to Jared because he let us know right when he found out that their coach, or I should say now their former coach, Rick Shantz, who uh, here, you know, we keep making fun of in terms of being salty and, and all that. He has actually decided to mutually part ways with Phoenix. And so our unsolved mystery here is why is it that he had just been renewed uh, not too long ago? I don't know if you remember, Sharon, just like I believe it was a couple of months ago that we got word that he would be continuing with their team uh, for at least, I think, the next season or two. Why is it that they just decided to mutually part ways when you got a coach that, um, you know, has given them titles, right? This isn't just the guy that has been there for a while. Uh, he's done that. And then the team is now picking up. Right. I mean, they're trying to get back to that playoff territory um, not too far from there. They still have some games in hand. And why is it that you let go of a coach when you're in that situation? You know, that's a that's a great USL Unsolved Mysteries, uh, you know, to be fair. Um, yeah. So so here's the deal. You know, he either may have gotten another offer or they they literally have something in the contract that said if you be so many losses in a row or so many losses over a period of time um, is not uh, is not warranted. Or it could have been the way he was treating players or it could have been the way he was treating the front office or vice mm-hmm. versa. You know, they're just oftentimes if a, there's a lack of confidence. I don't know if they have a governing board or not, or if it's just a an ownership. So you, know, you just never know. But it's it'll be interesting to see where he pops up. You know, he may have had a different job offer. He, you know, there's something else could have happened externally that has caused this. So be that as it may, um, we'll just get to see what happens over time. Now, you know, how, what's the financial status? That would be a question we could ask uh, Jared down the road. Is what's the rumors on their financial status? Also. Um, you know, Phoenix Rising, because it was great when they had um, uh, Didier Drogba, you know, in there pulling on them, but I don't know what it is now. So, you know, they had like their moment of big glory and then it kind of started to fade and fizzle and then weirdness started happening. And now it's really weird, right? Um, They had to cut some of their highest paid players, not cut them, but not renew contracts. Um, So it's just, it's it's interesting when you watch a, a USL championship team go through its growth pains. Um, you know, it's like when we saw OKC Energy fold. Well, they really didn't fold. They just claimed they didn't have a venue to play at. Mm. So it, it's, you know, so we'll see. We'll see. It's never a dull moment in the USLC. You know, it's... Mm. It's a it's a step below MLS. MLS, they're solid. You know, we they went through like a horrible growth pain when they first formed. You know, where they have the two Florida teams that both folded and then they got them back. So it's you know, it's it's an interesting dynamic. We we'll just get to see. We get to see. Who knows what happened? But hey, keep the mysteries coming down USL Championship because uh, this is why we keep <laughs> having this segment here on the show because there's always something. And it always keeps entertained just figuring out what that something might be or what, what the cause of it is. All right. Well, I know I mentioned it in the last podcast and being that we're going to be recording another one on Sunday and this one is still going to be posted and whatnot. Uh, we are going to be posting the interview we did with uh, Lee Neves, the president 
of USLW's newest Stockton Cargo representing the Central Valley. Uh, it'll be posted sometime next week, um, and I might be posting it possibly Tuesday or Wednesday. All right. Well, with that being said, thank you, Sharon. And thanks to Jared, who's now back at work. <laughs> we really appreciated you being on. And thank you to everyone who listens to the podcast. As always, we appreciate your support. And we'll see you next Sunday with our recap of the game against Las Vegas. Have a great night or a good morning, everyone. Go Republic. Cue the music. You still there, Jared? Oh, no. Totally. totally. No, it's classic Kecko. He knows exactly where to put the ball. Um, you know, when he has an open shot, He it was it was classic Kecko. And you know what? We have plenty of guys that can do that now. Kecko is like one of the... He's oh. a really awesome oh. maestro. Yeah. Oh no! I, oh no! I, I meant uh, Roro's penalty kick shot. Oh, I thought you said. Oh, I thought we were still on. Damn it! I mean, darn it! We were still on Kekko for. I, I, I just hadn't put it on the screen yet, yeah, but I was already. Oh, you had moved okay. on. Yeah, add fun. up more than. But we are. Oh no! You, you're Elsa, Elsaing right there. To ask you. Oh, wait. Ruling. Oh, oh, actually. You might want to say that over again, yeah. You you were Elsaing again. <laughs> yeah, I, I can you hear me now? Because I just got the message that my internet connection was unstable. Okay, you're good now, yeah. Okay. That noise in the background is not me. Okay, wait. Oh. Wait, is that an ambulance? I was like, hey, that's perfect for the unsolved mystery. <laughs> no, it's somebody's out in my backyard. Not somebody. Uh, uh, I have a swimming pool, and so the maintenance people are, are doing some work back there, and they turned on a water faucet, and uh, so it makes a squealy noise. Sorry about that. Um, oh, yeah. It's that perfect. Is it's, it's great. And it's going to sound like, I'm, like I have bad gas. <laughs> well, but people are hearing it now in the blooper section, so now they'll understand if they heard it earlier what was going on. Oh, my dear. Got another offer, or they they literally had something that said, oh, jeez, that blades. <laughs> a governing board or not, or if it's just a, an ownership. Oh, jeez, there's that noise. <laughs> I'm so sorry. And Sorry, I'm, I'm muting myself. It's not my stomach or anything else. I'm going to just put it on mute. <laughs>